So we've got an open topic tonight. I was pretty excited to get an open theme. It was like, wow, you know, speak to me, Jesus, speak to me. What are we going to talk about? And um, what, I, what I got straight away was uh, the scripture, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it and know it? And will you not give heed to it? And just over the last couple of weeks, God really started to unpackage that scripture to me. And when you get a scripture, you kind of need to go and read it. And you need to read before and after to get a good, good read out of actually what God is saying. So I went to Isaiah 43, 18 to 21. And it says, do not earnestly remember the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive and know it? And will you not give heed to it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the deserts. The beasts of the field honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. The people I form for myself that they may set forth my praise and they shall do it. So tonight I really wanted to, to break that scripture down with you, if you don't mind. If you do, too bad. Because <laughs> that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. So for the first off, do not earnestly remember the former things, ne neither consider the things of old. Straight away, the story that came to mind, the, the story of the Bible that came to mind was Lot's wife. Now Lot's wife, um, a lot of you would know is um, they were, she was from a place called um, Sodom and Gomorrah, and angels came to visit those places, and, and um, Lot allowed those angels to come, and he hosted them, and he protected them, and they came, and they were kind of come to do some pretty full-on business, and they're going to come to destroy that place, but because of Lot's uh, goodness and his kindness, and he actually decided, they decided to save Lot, his wife, and his daughters, so they went running off, they're like, go. You guys go because some terrible stuff's going to go down here. So you guys need to get out of here. Do not look back, but go. So they all go off running and, you know, I, I kind of picture them running up a hill because it seems more dramatic. You know, they're running up a hill trying to get away and there's this bang and crashing and probably people screaming and, you know, all this chaos behind them in, in, the, in the city as, as those angels started destroying it. And, you know, I think you're running and you're not allowed to look back. But you can hear all this commotion going. And I'm thinking, everything in your human instincts would look back. You I mean, you see all these movies of things being blown up and people running away. And they always glance back because you kind of, you're just curious, you know, you need to glance back. So I'm thinking, you know, it's pretty mean, God. Don't look back when just in our very nature it would be to look back. But it doesn't say that she glanced back as she was running off. It doesn't say that she just had a quick look and she was just scared and running forth. It says she, she, she looked back. She looked back. And I just get this picture of her halfway up that hill, stopping and turning and actually not just looking back, but longing back. And it was like she was looking at the former things. She was looking behind her. She was looking at what she knew, her heart was going to that place, even though it was destructive, even though it wasn't a particularly good place, that's what she knew, and her heart was attached to that place, and that's why I believe that God turned her to a pillar of salt at that moment, not because she looked back, but because she longed back, she longed for the former things, she wasn't excited about the things of God, the new things that God happened, had for her, she was never going to see them, 
So it's like God just ended it there and, and turned her into a pillar of salt. And it says in Genesis 19:26, but Lot's wife looked back from behind her and she became a pillar of salt. And that's it. That's all it says. Then it goes on to the next scripture. I'm like, hold on a second, back it up a little bit. A pillar of salt, this is not an everyday occurrence. Like, God, come on, seriously. It's not like she, you know, she tripped and stumbled and got back up. And, and then you could go to the next scripture. You know, that's not such a big deal. But pillar of salt, that's a big deal. Like, hello, that's it. That's all the explanation. There's nothing else. Like, that's it. Next scripture. See you. Sorry. Sorry, Lot's wife. You're a pillar of salt now. But anyway... <laughs> The point is, as Christians, we need to look forward. We need to look forward to the things of God. We need to be moving forward. We need to be our vision forward. We need to be praising forward. We can't be people that are looking back all the time over our shoulders. You know, uh, driving a car, you need to be driving it forward, looking forward. If you're looking in the rearview mirror, you are going to crash. You're going to cause some chaos on the road, and you're going to take not only yourself out, but probably somebody else as well. We need to have vision, and we need to be looking forward to where we're going. Next part of the scripture is my favorite part. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it and know it, and will you not give heed to it? For me, this, um, what I've seen so many times, and, I, and I've done this myself as, as Christians, and, and again, I've done it myself. I'm not just saying everybody else is doing it, and I've never done it, but it's, it's white, riding that one wave of revelation until it breaks, until there's nothing left, until it's dry. You've ridden it for so long that you're stuck on the shore on the same wave of revelation, that same one touch of God, that same one time you were prophesied over, that same one story when God came through for you and you ride it over and over and over and over again and you think that's it. It's just that one time that God does something and that's all he can do for you. But I know he has so much more, but if we can't see it unless we get off that first wave, if we're not looking for it, it says, do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive it? I'm doing a new thing, and you're so busy on the old thing that you can't see the new thing that's taking place. You know, those encounters that we have that keep us going, they're real and they're good, like being filled with the Holy Spirit, being prayed and prophesied over, your salvation, your baptism. Those are all amazing, good things that are part of us and part of our walk, but they shouldn't be these waves that we keep just drowning on and, and going on on they become anchors that hold us into our story with God that we put those anchors down and sometimes we pull them back up again because we need to encourage ourselves at that time that God came through or we need to encourage somebody else hey I went through something similar this is what it looked like for me maybe God can do something like that for you but they're anchors in our story they're not waves that we just keep trying to ride and ride and ride and we end up in the shore with our feet and stuck in the sand and we can't move and we're dry and we're tired and we're wondering why. Why is God not moving for me? Because you're not moving. You're not looking. You're stuck in the same place. You're not looking for that fresh move of God. He can't move you unless you want to be moved. Do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive what God's doing? Maybe some of you do perceive it. You see those waves coming in, but you're like, you know what? I don't like that wave. I don't like that wave. That wave's too small for me. 
I want a bigger wave. I want something that looks a bit meatier. I don't, you know, that's just like a baby wave. But maybe that's all you're capable of right now. Maybe you just need a baby wave. Maybe God's like, this is a season that I just want you to have this small wave. You know, he who is faithful with the little. Maybe you're seeing the wave and it's this big six-foot beast and you're like, oh my gosh, I cannot ride that wave. I cannot get on that wave. I, I am so not capable of getting on that wave. You know what? You're not. So get over it and ride it because if God has it for you, He's going to give you the strength. He's going to give you the skill set that you need to ride that wave. You don't need to worry about it being too big or too small. All you need to worry about is, is it from God? And to get on it. And you know what? Sometimes the whole, is it from God? Is it from the devil? Is it just the world? Is it me? You know, don't confuse yourself. Just try it out. You know, if you've got a good feeling, if you've got peace, let peace be your guide. That's always, always my Advice to anyone, let peace be your guide. If you have a peace, get on that wave because I'm sure it's from God and he's going to show you something through it. That scripture goes on to say, actually, I just want to go back one second because that part of that scripture there, it says, will you not heed? Will you not give heed to it? Will you not give heed to it? Because I see a call going out across this church. Will you not give heed? There's waves coming in across this church. Will you not give heed? Will you not rise up? We are stretching up. We're going out over the city. Do you not perceive it? Do you want to be a part of it? Will you not give heed to the call that is coming out to you? That's coming out from Bankstown, Marylands, Parramatta, the care services. There is so much to give heed to in this church. There is a space for you. There is a space for you designed perfectly for you to fit into, perfectly for your giftings to go into. So will you not give heed to those waves that are coming? Because the blessing far outweighs the cost. As we go back into that scripture, it says, I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field honor me and the jackals and the ostriches ostriches because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. As soon as I, I hear the word, word desert in there, I'm thinking of Jesus going into the desert 40 days and 40 nights of fasting. So I, I read that story because that's a good thing to do, just refresh yourself on that. And it's interesting because Jesus went into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights straight after being baptized. And if we read about his baptism story, which is in Matthew 3, 16 to 17, it says, And then Jesus was baptized. He went up at once out of the water, and behold, the heavens were opened, and he, John, John the Baptist, saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my son, my beloved, in whom I delight. I mean, that's a pretty awesome wave that Jesus just had. He was baptized. The heavens opened up. Doves flew down. He was enlightened, like, you know, you can hear a chorus of angels just singing around him. And a booming voice from heaven says, this is my son whom I delight in. An audible voice came down from heaven and said who Jesus was, said that he was fully pleased with him. I mean, that's a God moment. 
I don't think many of us can outdo that moment. I don't know about you. I mean, I got prophesied over when I was baptized, and that was pretty powerful, but I didn't have doves. I didn't have, like, this light rays, and I didn't have the audible voice of God boom over the top of me. This is about as God moment as it gets. But what I love is that Jesus didn't ride this wave to the cross. He didn't depend on just this one touch of God to get him all the way to the cross. What he did was straight away, he was spirit-led and went into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights where he fasted, where he sacrificed and denied his flesh to feed his spirit. And I just love that we can take a chapter out of his book and just be like, you know, that was a God moment. That was amazing. That was so good. I'm going to anchor that into my story. But right now I'm going to seek the Holy Spirit and I'm going to go where he's leading me, where he's leading me. Even if it is into the desert, even if it is to be tempted and tested by the enemy, I will go spirit-led. And Jesus went into the the desert and, and as we all know, the enemy did tempt him and the enemy did try to come and steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus resisted him, and he, f- and he fled, and I love um, the scripture that goes with that. It says, <clears throat> Matthew 42, 1 to 2, then Jesus was led, guided by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, desert, to be tempted, tested, and tried by the devil, and he went without food for 40 days and 40 nights, and later he was hungry. Go figure. After all that time, he was hungry. I just find it so interesting that he had this encounter with God and God spoke who he was over Jesus. So Jesus knew who he was. I mean, he already did, but it was just the affirmation of, oh, man, I am, the, I am the son of God. Like, this is, this is big stuff right now. And he goes off into the desert and straight away the enemy's in there. Straight away the enemy will come and try to cut that anchor and loose out of your story. He will try and come and steal from you. He will try and come and kill and destroy the things of God. But if you stand on the word of God, the word of God was that he is my son. If you stand in your identity, you are a child of God. We sing it in this church. If we stand on that and we are led by the Holy Spirit, the enemy has, has nothing to stand on. Nothing to stand on and he will flee. You know, sometimes to receive a fresh wave, we need to lay things down, we need to sacrifice, we need to fast. We need to position ourselves to hear from God. We need to be able to lay down the old to perceive the new. As we go further on in that that scripture, it says, the people I formed for myself that they may set forth my praise. They will set forth my praise. As Christians, we're not called to be one-hit wonders. We're not called to just have one song. We're not called to just that one encounter, that one wave. We're not called to just have one song to God too. I want my praise to be fresh. I want my praise to be new. I don't want it to be like a whiny song playing over and over and over and over and over again, the same thing. You know, I want my praise to be good to him. I don't want to be going like, oh, here she goes again. <laughs> Block the ears. <laughs> but I want it to be exciting. I want, to, I want to get excited. And to be excited, I want to put forth that praise that is exciting to God, that is new and fresh for him as well. We're also not called to lip sync. No Millie Vanillies. No Millie Vanilli right here. I've got my own voice, I've got my own gifts, I've got my own talents, 
I come up here and, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm the most qualified or anything like that, but it's not about that. It's about that I'm saying yes to God. It's about that I'm coming up here and giving what I've got from God. You know, um, I would love to be able to sing like Kathy or Emma. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I'm a terrible singer. My praise is amazing, though, because God loves it. I always say to Dylan, you know what? I think he loves my praise more than yours because you can sing. But, and I can't, but I sing anyway. So, <laughs> so he loves my praise more than he loves yours. But, um, you know, I, I can't, I can only be who I am. It's so funny when we, we do have the series and I preach over in Bankstown in the morning that I come to Saltwater at the night and the, the pe- preaching on the same thing, I'm like, oh my gosh, their message is so much better than mine. Why didn't I think of that? Like, oh my goodness, like, oh, I just sometimes feel so disappointed, but I got to push that aside and go, you know, I'm called to speak what I speak. I'm called my, to use my giftings and to move in, in the ways that God has called me to move and, and to be okay with that. It's good to know your strengths and be okay with them. It's not about being prideful or boastful. It's just knowing what you're good at and rolling with that. But it's just as important to know your weaknesses and be okay with them as well. Anyone who's worked with me, and I'm, I'm, I was hoping Leon was here because and, and Carly, they know these. <laughs> these two know this very well. Dish probably does as well. There's probably some few more in here. But... <laughs> They're probably here. Amen. When I say this, I really suck at administration. Like, not just a little bit. Like, really, really, really bad. Like, I hate it so much, it's not even funny. I would rather clean my toilet with a toothbrush than do any kind of paperwork, follow-up, administration. It just sucks the very life out of me. Like, I'm just like, last night we had to go to a work event, and it was at um, a Bankstown sports club. And it was just kind of casually booked. It wasn't like booked under a work event. And we're like, no, we're here for a work thing. They're like, oh, you're in the area. So, you know, you're going to have to become members. And I'm like, I don't want to be a member. Because, and I'm thinking in my head, I don't want to be a member because they're going to make me fill out a form. I don't want to fill out a form. I don't want to have to take a photo. I just want to go to dinner. Like, how can they do this to me? Like, I, I, I was having a good night until I got here and you told me that I might have to fill out a form. That's how much I hate it. That's how much I hate filling out forms. Like, I, I'm so, so bad. Like, when they, we changed the kids' school, and we had to fill out so many forms, and there was four of them going, and, oh, my hand was about to drop off. Like, I just, I was just, like, so numb. But afterwards, I, I did do, like, I, I kind of felt a bit, cele- you know, like, celebrating, like, wow, I achieved something so amazing. I filled out forms. But that's how much I hate it. I really don't hate it, so I will put people around me who is good at that so they can pick up the slack. (laughs) But what I'm saying is position yourself around people that compliment you, compliment you. And my strength, I don't even, you know what, apparently it's a gift from God, and some people are actually good at this stuff, administration. I know it's hard to believe, but it's true. I, I just, like, I'm... Usher, we have Usher at Bankstown. She was originally from Silverwater, and she's amazing at this stuff. I'm like, June, hello, June. June has saved my butt a few times. <laughs> she's amazing at that stuff. It, it, it just blows my mind that people are actually good at it and they like it, but that is your strength. I'm so happy for you. 
but realizing what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are and being okay with both, knowing who you are. You were formed by the very hands of God, formed in his image to be uniquely and wonderfully you. He formed you. He formed you. So how do we accomplish all these things? How do we catch a new wave? How do we sing a new song? How do we, how do we get on the right track? How do we, how do we do all this? And I love what it said at the, at the end of that scripture. It said, so it says, the people I form for myself that they may set forth my praise. They may set forth my praise. For me, you know, we can lay down things, we can fast, we can pray, we can be looking, we can be looking forward. But for me, it's setting forth his praise. For me, it's setting forth my worship to him. That always brings me back into alignment with God. It always brings me in a place of worship, in a place of submission, in a place of just awe. It always brings me back to my center, back to my core. You know, um, over the last couple of years, I, I realized that I was, I was wrestling with God. And it actually came in a moment of worship through a song. And the, songs was, the lyrics of the song were speaking about wrestling with God. And as I, as I was worshipping in, in the car, that's my, probably my biggest worship time is in the car. And as I was worshipping, all of a sudden in my spirit, it just clicked. I was like, oh my God. This whole time of feeling uncomfortable and feeling sort of just not right and feeling like something was going on, but I couldn't perceive it. I didn't know what it was. I was wrestling with God. I was trying to wriggle out of the calling. I was trying to sort of subconsciously remove myself. I was kind of just, you know, sort of just feeling that uncomfortableness. I felt like I was losing myself. I felt like I was losing my life. I felt like my life was being taken over. I, I felt like I was dying in a way, in a sense. And I was trying to hold on to the very essence of who I was. And if we look in Luke 17, 32 to 33, this is Jesus speaking. He says, remember Lot's wife. Which I'm like, Jesus, is that a threat? <laughs> remember Lot's wife? Like, are you going to start kicking things around now? Because remember Lot's wife? Wow, okay. Are you going to turn me into a pillar of salt? <laughs> but he says, whoever tries to pers uh, preserve his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life will preserve it and quicken it. I was losing my life. I was losing myself. I was dying to self, but in the most amazing way that it can possibly happen. I don't want to be Lot's wife looking back at the familiar, looking back at what was old, looking back what was comfortable over here, which now as I'm walking forward, it's not so comfortable. Things are getting more intense. I'm getting more into the things of God as I keep walking forward and walking forward. And I kind of want to go backwards a little bit because it's a bit ouchy over here. The fire's getting a little bit hot. The waters are getting a little bit deep. But God says that when you go through the waters, they will not overcome you. When you go through the flames, they will not burn you. So I want to keep walking in that direction. It's so tempting to want to go back to where it was comfortable. It's so tempting to want to go back to the familiar. It's so tempting to go back to things like Lot's wife. She wanted to go back to a place that was horrible. The Israelites walking through the desert wanted to go back to slavery because it was familiar and it was because it was comfortable and it's because of what they know. 
But there is a call to keep walking forward, to keep catching the new waves of God, to keep pushing forward, to walk in the Spirit. Walk by power, walk by might, walk in the Spirit. It's not in our own strength, but it's in His strength that we move forward. I couldn't do it in my own strength. I wouldn't want to do it in my own strength. But we need to be like Jesus. We need to walk into that desert season and be spirit-led. We need to starve our flesh. We need to keep pushing through and pushing through and pushing through. That wrestle with God, I can't say that it was like a moment that it snapped off me. It was a continuous chipping away of just worshipping him and bringing myself back unto him and surrendering to him and laying things down and pushing forward and and doing things that I didn't always want to do. But it was denying my flesh and going forth with my spirit. It was recognizing the call on my life and walking into that. Because if I walked away from it, it would destroy me in the end. I know that this way is better. I don't know what it holds. I know it's not going to be always easy. But then, you know, that's what makes it fun sometimes. There was a worship song in particular in that season that I often find um, through my seasons where I go through different things, there'll be one song that I just connect with, one or two songs, and I'll worship and sing those songs over and over and over again until they become living within me almost. I'll prophesy those songs. I love any song that has prophetic nature because it's not about just speaking the words or singing the words, it's about the words coming from the very depths of your spirit. It's about worshipping God from right deep down here. And it's the, it's the Hillsong song, and, it's, and the lyrics were, well, I touched the sky when my knees hit the floor. And I realized that in my place, on my knees hitting the floor, that I was at my tallest. When my knees hit the floor, I was... I was ready to soar, I was ready to catch that wave, I was positioning myself to catch that fresh wave from God, I was perceiving the fresh waves of God as I positioned myself in that place, as I humbled myself in that place, in my secret place, you know, my kids probably hear my terrible worship singing, <laughs> and my husband, he's kind, he's like, yeah, you can kind of hold a tune. <laughs> You know, it's in that secret place of just worshiping God and, and talking to God and speaking to God and, and, and praying and prophesying into your world. You know, I, um, that whole whiny thing I was talking about later, uh, earlier, we do that with prayer too. You know, that one song where you just go, wah, 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 over and over and over to God. And I mean, when we have a mountain in our life, might, no matter what that mountain might be, it, one thing is we need to name it. We need to name what that mountain is. Is it fear? Is it depression? Is it finances? Is it relationships? Whatever that mountain may be for you, we need to name that mountain. We need to perceive what that mountain is. And then we speak to it. We don't go, oh, hey, mountain, you know, can you just, like, make a little hole for me to crawl through because you're kind of in my way and need to get through you don't pray like that like that's so weak we need to be people that pray right from the very depths of our spirit not from our mouths not from our heads but from our spirits and we need to speak life and we need to speak to those mountains we need to call that mountain what it is 
say it's fair, you say fear. You need to move in the mighty name of Jesus because I'm walking through right now and I'm not going to take any, I'm not going to let you take hold of me. I'm walking through in the mighty name of Jesus. I have the blood of Jesus on me and I'm telling you to move in the mighty name of Jesus. This is how we need to pray. We need to suck it right from the very depths of us. And if you feel like you don't have that, I like to call it a punch, punch from the Holy Spirit, you need to go to the Word of God. You need to go to a place of worship. You need to build your spirit man up. Because when we've got that, it's, I can't even put words to it. It's like Dorian talking about the love of God. You just can't put words to it. It's just this, this power and this, this presence. And, you know, we need to give those mountains a left hook sometimes or do a bit of a one-two-two two combo on it or something. You know, I know this stuff because my husband teaches my daughters how to box. Which is, which is great, but sometimes not so great when some of them are a little bit feisty and don't need any encouragement to, to box other children. <laughs> but it will be good one day. One day it will be good. They'll know how to look after themselves. So I just want to encourage us to position ourselves, to be looking forward, to be spirit-led, to sing a new song, if you're feeling dry, if you're on the shore and you're like, oh, just so over, like, I just, you know, I'm still riding that wave from two years ago when God came through. He wants to come through again, but you need to position yourself to catch that wave. You know, as, as the band comes, I, um, I shared this word at Bankstown, but I'm going to be honest. I actually, when I got this word for the church, when I was preparing, I actually saw it more at Silverwater. I shared it at Bankstown because Bankstown is the overflow of Silverwater. So they got to hear it first, but that's okay. But what I really saw it was it starts here, and it was coming out of here. And I saw this altar fill, full of people just wanting to get that new wave, wanting to get a new touch of God. And as they stood here with their hands up and their hearts open, this massive wave from heaven just came crashing down on this altar. And as it crashed down, it was full of that revelation. It was full of love. It was full of peace. It was full of joy. It was full of just a cleansingness coming down over people, just washing off stuff that needed to be washed off and reigniting that, that fire on the inside of you. And the interesting thing was that as that wave came down and it crashed and it kind of went away, I saw everyone just standing there with a layer of salt on them. And it was like God was saying that they are going to taste and see that the Lord is good through you. I've left a taste of God on you, and they will taste of you. The people in your workplace, the people in your schools, the people that you are, are doing business with and, and, and encouraging, they're going to see from this wave a new freshness of God on you, and they're going to taste and see. They're going to taste that salt on you. And who knows, salt makes everything taste better. I'm like, even caramel tastes better with a bit of salt in it, right? 
they're going to see that salt come down on you and they're just going to want to like, they want to going to taste it. So this is the time after this, after this altar call, after this wave hits here tonight, this is the time to start going out there and inviting people into this house. This is the time to stand up and heed the call of God. Do you not perceive it? The time is now. He is doing a new thing right now. You haven't seen it up until now, but right now the Holy Spirit is opening your eyes, opening your eyes to see what's going on in this place to see your part in it, to see your calling. Can we be like Isaiah and just sign a blank contract and just say yes? You know, that's how Dylan and I got to wherever we may be now. I don't know. Sometimes I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't think about it too much because that would just be overwhelming at times to think about our lives. But we got here because we keep saying yes. We keep turning up. We keep saying yes. We keep on perceiving the new wave of God. And that's how we got to where we are. Not because we're so amazing. Not because we're so qualified. Not because of any other reason. But God just moved. He moved on our behalf because we perceived it and we went with it. So just why every eye is closed here tonight and every head's bowed. I just want to put a call out to anyone who is sitting in this service tonight and you've never you've never once actually perceived God at all you've just found yourself here tonight and and you don't perceive anything of God you've just received